This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us and IndieWrestling.network for your independent wrestling entertainment. Just Pro Wrestling News Podcast. No filler, no pop-ups. Production services by Sidekick Media Services. And listeners like you, supporting us at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show, the show where we talk with people in and around independent professional wrestling. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, PA. And uh, we got a great conversation. One of our, it's it's one of our, our regular catch-ups today. Uh, so very excited to see what's going on with that. But first, please go check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com and IndieWrestling.us. You can find this and other great podcasts. And, and of course, many of the people featured on this show um, and titles we're going to talk about today are featured on IndieWrestling.us, whether that be uh, uh, many of them on the VODs, digital downloads, some DVDs, and of course on the Indie Wrestling network a lot of the titles are featured there as well uh, but today i have with us something that's brand new uh as of a, the, the brand new old stuff i guess we can call it today joe dombrowski is with us that's your that's your new moniker hey. i guess brand new old stuff joe dombrowski on the line with us today that fits me listen i'm an old soul but i feel younger every day so that fits me so much i'm I love that I'm, I'm, I'm semi-regular here at this point. It's like I always find new ways to sneak my name in the headlines. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even gotten into my college admission scandal, my racketeering no. business, my Guatemalan sweatshop. There's so much more to get into. But for now, I guess we can stick to wrestling. So, so thank you for having me. No, thank you, thank you for coming back on. And uh, and of course, you know, we always have some good chats on here. Um, although the last one, I, I was going through, I was going through the old list, and I found the How to Catch a Predator uh, one we did with Jimmy DeMarco from the, oh the anniversary back in the day. that was a special anniversary that was a Out special of all the anniversary in my life. That That's right, most That's right. The time that you almost got t- kicked off a of cable TV. Uh, but I, you can, I wouldn't have rather done it with anybody else but Jimmy DeMarco. You can man. find People that still yes. talk about the Crystal. Russo cannot go three minutes around me without bringing that up. <laughs> um, hey, man, you, you and of course, you can check out all that in the archives here with the uh, Indie Mayhem show, whether on uh, the YouTubes or on the podcast. But, Joe, the biggest project, geez, for in a while for you, first of all, uh, yeah. and, and not that you have been, you know, lacking on projects, I, 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 I know. And disclaimer, I usually do a lot of the final uh, tweaking and edits, uh, I guess, um, for some of the projects that you do, yeah. especially as some compilations. Control, some disc authoring, yeah, some, yeah, some nuts and bolts. Man, you know. if you need if you need your wrestling video on uh, uh, 1997 technology, I'm your guy, apparently. Uh, so, <laughs> but that's that's where we're at. But the now that's your catchphrase. That's my catchphrase. So uh, you've released a, a a compilation here of the uh, Brian Pillman Memorial shows with new content. Of course, this is uh, uh, this is with uh, you know you've been doing uh, from the Heartland uh, DVDs at least two volumes of it, and, and, and this is a little bit of of, of that uh, partnership going on down there. Tell us a little bit about what. Okay, for people that maybe don't know the 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 normity of the Brian Pillman uh, Memorial shows. Uh, you know, the, the, our younger crew out there, maybe when half the wrestlers we talk to, uh, you know, <laughs> fill them in. Like, why, why is this so important? 
So uh, if anybody doesn't know about Brian Pillman, he was massively innovative uh, throughout the 1990s. He really uh, helped usher back in the junior heavyweight style of pro wrestling, the cruiserweights, light heavyweights, uh, with his matches against Jushin Liger and Brad Armstrong in the early 90s. And this was a, a precursor to guys like Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Brian was really on the forefront of being a quote-unquote smaller guy in uh, mainstream U.S. wrestling. And then you fast forward uh, a couple of years to the Hollywood Blondes with Steve Austin and, and the incredible tag team that was. And then a few years from that, Brian becomes the loose cannon and he's breaking the fourth wall and he is got everybody in the business convinced that he's insane and nobody knows what is fact and what's fantasy anymore. And Brian, uh, if anybody doesn't know uh, about him in depth, I, I suggest they do a deep dive, not just, you know, on YouTube, not just on these DVDs, on the Dark Side of the Ring show, but really, really research Brian, especially if you're a young wrestler in the business. Uh, Brian passed October 5th, 1997. And each of the four subsequent years after that, Les Thatcher um, would put together the Brian Memorial Events to pay tribute, to raise money, to honor his memory. Now, Les Thatcher uh, is a world-renowned trainer who at one point around this time period ran a WWE developmental system, which is what we profile in wrestling from the heartland. Um, so much like an NXT trainer or coaches today, Les was the infancy of that. Um, and guys like Charlie Haas and Nigel McGuinness and BJ Whitmer and Sharkboy and Jamie Noble and Shannon Moore and Umaga and Eddie Guerrero and John Cena and, and so many guys either were based there or passed through there on their way to the main roster. And Les was able to use his contacts and, and the respect he has in this industry to get the WWF, WCW and ECW to all agree to let their talent appear on the same event. And this is in the middle of the Monday Night Ratings War. It's in the middle of very, very fierce competition between all sides. All the offices seem to have some general disdain for one another. It's not like today where you see, you know, AEW and NWA and New Japan, and all these different places under one umbrella. Uh, back then, that was unheard of. But Les made it happen. It was one of the only times that happened in that era. So you have these you know, this locker room full of some of the best, the best in the whole industry during the hottest time the industry had ever seen. And it's all there. Everybody volunteered their time, worked for free um, to, to, to pay homage and pay tribute uh, to Brian Pillman. And there you see Les in the ring right now with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who at this point of this clip, uh, four weeks before this, Steve Austin won the world title in the main event of WrestleMania. And now he's appearing on, on essentially an independent event for free um, because that's what Brian meant to him and meant to his career, meant to him personally. Um, so, you know, 20, 25 years ago, obviously there was no internet. There was no streaming service. There was very, very limited distribution. So these shows never really saw the light of day outside of maybe some merchandise tables in Cincinnati. So to finally be able to bring these mythical shows to an audience that have heard about them for two decades um, is very, very special. And, you know, probably one of the biggest pieces of history that up to this point had been largely uncovered.
No, absolutely. And it's pretty incredible to see this, you know. Uh, I mean, th- this was at the height, you know, we're talking, what, 98 through 2001, uh, these shows, and it was the height of the Monday Night Wars into, uh, you know, and beyond there. And it's it's really great to see, you know, this coming on. And, and seeing some names, um, a referee, uh, was that Brian Hildebrand, uh, even in, in this shot that I'm showing right now. Yeah, Brian Hildebrand, who was battling stomach cancer at that point in time, mm-hmm. but still wanted to appear on this event and insisted that he refereed this event. Les tells a great story in the set about how Brian was scheduled to referee Dr. Tom Pritchard and Terry Taylor, kind of a slower-paced Legends match. And for those that don't know about Brian Hildebrand, he refereed in WCW, he refereed in Jim Cornette Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He was actually in the same training class uh, up here in, in Pennsylvania with Mick Foley and mm-hmm. Shane Douglas for Dominic Benucci in his school. So tough as nails and just well-respected by everybody that was in the ring with him or, or, or knew him. And uh, when it came time for that main event, that main event, it, it was Malenko, Benoit, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Conan. So they were going to go hard. Um, but uh, Brian gets in the ring and, and Les asks him, you know, are you sure you can do this? And Brian says, well, if I can't, you can carry me to the back. Right. Uh, and that just shows his passion and shows, just uh, how much this meant to him to be part of that moment and to, to be in the ring. And that was probably one of the last times he was in a ring because unfortunately he, he passed himself not too long after, but one of the most touching moments on this set is when Les introduces Brian Hildebrand to the ring and just the, the huge ovation he got. You, you could see the, the emotion in his eyes, the, wa- the, the water uh, kind of forming, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not, not tears, so much but but uh he was he was welling up a little bit because that emotion was just um palpable in that building at that point and it's just a small small example of what made that event so special you know you look at guys like chris jericho and eddie guerrero and matt and jeff hardy and edging christian and mark henry and diamond dallas page and you know al snow and raven and steve carino and lita and all these guys and girls, D'Lo, I uh, can go on and on, Shark Boy, that just made this so special um, because Brian was special to them and it mattered to them. No, absolutely. It, you know, it was, it was the best of the best at the time from the looks of it, from from a lot of this footage. And, and of course, I mean, people notice this, this is 1998, but it certainly doesn't look like WrestleMania. I, I, you know, I don't know how much of us even recall what independent wrestling may have looked like in 1998. I think we're in 1999 in this clip here with the, uh, it uh, looks like Just Incredible and Raven going at it. And, uh, yeah, there's a table in blood, classic ECW fashion, by the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- these are all, and I, I know, you know, we you know, seeing the Heartland film, you know, we're seeing a little bit of fuzz there at the bottom. These are all, of course, uh, kind of, um, um, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know remaster. We don't entirely have the the, the, the the capabilities to do that. But at least, like, like restored and preserved yeah. and digitized uh, through a process, like, like that, and I know that's a process you've been working on on several years with a lot of this footage. Yeah, I mean, preserved is the best way to put it. I mean, and this the impetus of all this started with just my relationship with Les because I have known Les for over 15 years at this point. Um, in 2005, I was 19 years old. Um, and I started to realize, I'd been in the business like two plus years already. I realized the opportunities weren't going to come to me I had to go chase them. So what I did is I looked online and I made a list of all the top 
indie wrestling power players that I hadn't met yet um, from like the tri-state area. Um, promoters, trainers, bookers, whoever. Uh, and there were, I got like the top 25 and I emailed all of them. Only four wrote back and Les was one of them. And we've been in touch ever since. Um, when Les was booking an event out in Los Angeles a number of years ago, he needed an announcer, he called me. Um, whenever I need, you know, input or feedback or critique, I could always send him a match that I called. Um, but through conversation one day, he had mentioned he still has the vast majority of the Heartland content uh, in storage. And, of course, the light bulb goes off above my head. I, I would love to see it, A. But, I mean, you see... Here and there, you see OBW stuff and FCW and NXT and, and, and things of that nature, but you don't see the Heartland footage out there. And I started to go through it in, in 2015, I think, at, at this point it was. And, um, you know, it, it took four years after that before we got uh, Heartland 1 on the market. It just became a labor of love going through 75 or 100 different VHS tapes and cataloging and going through, you know, uh, um, what uh is in which quality and um you know what's a two camera shoot versus a one camera shoot and what has kind of some contemporary names that people would know today and what has maybe more of the indie guys that are lost to time and and just categorizing all that but the pillman tapes were in that storage box at least some of them were and i asked less like are, are these on the table or are the pillman shows fair game and he said they were not mm -hmm. because the rights rested with the brian pillman estate and Brian's family obviously had been very distanced from pro wrestling for quite some time, justifiably so. A couple of years after that, Brian Jr. gets in the business. And Brian Jr. trained with Lance Storm. And I have a couple of mutual friends that also trained with Lance Storm. And I, I met I met Brian in Meadville a few years ago. Yeah, I remember the, I remember when he was there. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was just recently recounting where I'm like, who's this guy with a stone cold hat? And you're like, that's Brian Pillman Jr. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it I didn't believe so... it was him. You know, I'm like, there's there's a junior? Like what's going on? You know? Yeah, it's just like, such a chance encounter and just yeah. out of nowhere. But that's where I met him and once he finished training with Lance, yeah. we were able to develop a bit of a relationship you know me running events in cleveland and him living in cincinnati at the time it gave us the opportunity to do some business together and one of if not the really first great pay-per-view match brian had was on one of my welterweight wrestling events against gregory Iron. yeah yeah um and once we had a chemistry and we had a trust and a business relationship i pitched to him you know listen um got these tapes and i think that a lot of people would be excited to see them but i don't want to do it without you what do you say and and he was all for it and as you saw just a minute ago in the clip of jericho he was very helpful as well as far as you know producing some of our extra material and just being very very supportive and, and spreading the word and you know even to this day um you know he's, he's, he's getting the word out and helping things out and he's, he's down in jacksonville right now uh, we, he just gave a copy to Matt Hardy. There's a picture mm -hmm. of that on Saw Matt's that. Uh, social media. Um, Brian told me today, he texted me to tell me that he gave a copy to Dean Malenko, which is, is, is awesome. That that event, I mean, it's special with Dean Malenko because that's where Dean first announced publicly that, that he was retiring at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a banner event for Dean too. Um, but it all went from there. And, and then after that came the process of, okay, I've got three copies of this. I've got no copies of this. I need to find this. 
Um, this copy A as the best video, but copy B as the best audio. I need to dub the audio into the video. I need to, you know, I need to edit in this entrance because this part's clipped. And just to give everybody the most complete version possible, you know, I, I was I was combining basically like clipped footage with like an edited full event with like the raw footage, and all together it makes one full event. Wow. Um, for for two thousand, there was a lot of like little nitty gritty work for that some of the stuff with 2001 i didn't need to touch because it was as good as it was going to get yeah um and i tell a lot of the 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 people out there that listen i do interviews if you want hd 4k this is not the release for you no 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 no. don't jump on that but if you want to see a part of history um and maybe see what i can't even say what independent wrestling is like because this show is so far above and beyond that yeah maybe from a production standpoint from a logistics standpoint and just to experience the authenticity yeah. of what it is, because we don't change things. We don't blur things out. We don't cut people or things out. Um, everybody at home can make their decision on who and what they watch. I know certain things are a little controversial with some of the talent that does appear, but and we made it a point to not include them in any of the external advertising right. because we don't want to trigger anybody. But once you have the copy, I think you can make that conscious decision if you're comfortable watching those particular people or not. And if you're not, that's completely fine. There's still 13 or 14 other hours that you can enjoy. But uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that we um, that, that we add on to this is the commentary track with, with Les and I, just to give you some of the backstory and call some of the action. Because what blew my mind is that three of these four shows never had an official commentary team. Because wow. that's just how, how primitive it was. But the yeah. 98 did in post because it wound up being a local TV special uh, where Les and, and Dean Sharkboy had, had done it. Um, but 99, 2000, 2001 was just ambient crowd noise. And, and it was a perfect time to get Les behind a mic to tell some stories, share some experiences, evaluate some talent. And um, the coolest thing about that commentary to me is that so many different examples in that show you get genuine reactions from Les because he's seeing something for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, as well as I do just being around it. If you're running a show and you have time to watch it, you're doing it wrong. You know, right. You're putting out fires at the ticket counter with the concession stand in the locker room and the parking lot. You always have somewhere to be and something to do. So, and especially less back then when he's running whatever, two, three events weekly, he's doing WF developmental, there's no time to stop and smell the roses. So a lot of this stuff, you get just a genuine just reaction of shock or laughter or, or whatever it is, because this is something Les didn't even know was on the show. Mm-hmm. And, and you're getting it in real time, almost like you're there live. And it's not manufactured. It's, it's, it's genuine. And it was so cool to be next to him as he finally had a chance to kind of sit back and soak in his creation in a way that he never had a chance to do 20 years ago. I mean, that's a kind of a shocking thing, like how many promoters, even on the level that he was at, probably see barely any of his actual product, right? Because he's too busy producing it. Exactly. You and, know? and just from my experiences, like I, I enjoy what I do, but I can't step back and enjoy an event in the moment. I have to go back no. and watch it later. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm fortunate I have the luxury most of the time to do that, but some people don't um but but again to have less have a chance to do that with me and for me to be able to sit there and call 
you know, a Billy Kidman match or to call a Chris Jericho match or do, I didn't call Jericho match, it's a bad example, but like the, the, call uh, John Cena versus Randy Orton, mm-hmm. you know, which was a pre-show match in 2001. That was the <laughs> afternoon bonus card yeah. at John Cena. Rand- and it wasn't even the main event of the bonus card. That That's how <laughs> early in, I think Randy was 21 and maybe John was 23 or four or something like that. And um, just to find little gems like that and to be able to say that you were a part of that history, even if it was 20 years later, um, it, it's humbling and it's just overwhelming. And I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, so so we mentioned, you know, a lot about the footage, of course, but there's more than just, you know, the four events are on this. Um, but there's a lot of bonus love, like we're, from down to like there's uh, this, it was a what was it? It was the radio. Was it the radio presentation? Of was it the first show or the second? I think it was the first second show. Second right? show. Second yeah. show. That's well, right. It was ninety nine. Um, well, Les Les had a weekly radio show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, devoted to wrestling in the Cincinnati market, and they did a live remote from mm-hmm. film in ninety nine. And you can see some of the guys on the screen. And it's cool too because they're so relaxed and out of character. You can just hear yeah. Mick Foley, Al Snow, D'Lo Brown, Terry Taylor just ribbing each other. Is, is that is other. that an unmasked Ray Mysterio from the WCW days? It, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're doing commentary over some of the the matches. Yeah. And they're having a little fun with some of the matches, and they're doing inside jokes. Mick Foley at one point, like the cruiserweights are running long in their match, and Mick makes a joke about Jack Lanza tugging on his tie in the entranceway, which is so inside <laughs> that nobody would have gotten that in 1999. I don't think anybody gets that today, but just the fact that 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 was you know on mainstream local market radio back yeah. in the day uh, in the you know, in the Cincinnati and, and was, area, right? Yeah, in so, the yeah. Cincinnati market. And, and then it was, I think, three or four days after that event, there was a WWE pay-per-view. I mean, <laughs> it, so it just, it, it speaks to the fact that, again, these guys had so, so tough schedules, breakneck pace, but they came on their day off to do something yeah. cool and fun. And um, I'm really happy that we, you know, one of the clips on that radio is, uh, on that radio spot is some of the auction highlights that, of course, that we don't have video of. But Ric Flair donated one of his practically priceless robes to be auctioned off um, with the proceeds going to, to the family. And the first thing Rick does is he lays down the opening bit himself and offers to buy his own robe back. <laughs> and the audience members are actually bidding against Rick for his own robe. And I thought that was such a cool <laughs> touch and so, so cool to do. And it shows how giving you know rick is as well yeah yeah i mean you never you never see you know most people haven't seen a lot of this roster uh or a rick flair at a indie show level kind of thing even when you see him on the indie shows now like it's not it's not like this right <laughs> you know right. like he's a special guest and his little pop you know as far as it, the indie show pomp and circumstance or something like that but it's like you know it, it, it's that it's that fun you know what you love about the indie shows uh uh here so that's great uh, so, so we, so we mentioned, so on top of that, you know, we, we were starting to get into the extras, but there's also some new material. Uh, we saw a little bit of the footage there uh, with, with Jericho and, and Pillman, if you're with us on the video version of this. Um, but um, of course, a lot of people wearing AEW shirts, I'm going to point out, Christian Cage there, uh, for instance. Gee, uh, I, 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 I've made the comment, I was like, hey, yeah, there's a lot of interviews. And, and the booth they're in looks familiar if you watch BTE. Uh, <laughs> 
So, um, but but that's great though, right? It, it, it's a lot of fun, you know. I uh, um um you know really appreciate that part about. It. But yeah, there's a lot of new interviews, a lot of new content around this. Uh, can you speak a little bit about that process? Of course, uh, 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 Brian Pillman being down there in Jacksonville, you know, or, or all around, he's made a lot of these you know contacts as well, uh, and he, and he's conducting most of these these new interviews, right? A, a fair number of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the original plan, because I mean, there's so many guys who work these events that are they're still out there on the scene, and um, you know, as I was compiling the footage, I thought to myself, you know, what can we do to make this not just, um, you know, not just a presentation of the old footage? We we need to get the story behind the story because to me it's it's not just a wrestling event there's a whole aura and a whole mystique to the brian from memorial shows and we were able to talk to less extensively and that one of the bonus features is, is less and brian jr reunited after 20 years to share, share their memories but you know i wanted to get the perspective of what was going on inside the locker room because again you've got wwf wcw ecw the same place at the same time and you know, there was a camaraderie there. You know, I mean, I don't think the boys ever hated the boys. It was all the offices that were at each other's throats. But at the same time, there's a competitive rivalry there of wanting to outshine the other. And, you know, there, there's just interesting bedfellows. I mean, Shane Douglas talks about the fact that that was the first time he had seen um, Guerrero, Malenko, Benoit, Saturn since they had left WCW three months earlier for WWF. And there was some controversy there because the internet stated that, well, Shane Douglas thought he was going to leave with them. So there was a little <laughs> bit of, um, I, I, I guess, uh, 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 shortness between them. But but at the end of the day, it, it, they all realized they were there for the right reason. And they were all very professional with one another from, uh, from, from every account that they've heard. Um, but I wanted to hear from those guys. So originally, uh, Brian Jr.'s plan and I, a nice plan was was okay let's let's hit up a wrestlecon and get a bunch of these guys in one weekend and then COVID hit. and all that was out the window so we had to be a little more inventive and i grabbed everybody that i could um that came into contact around my neck of the woods like shane douglas and al snow and being in knoxville with less i was able to get dr tom pritchard at a school mm-hmm. um we got Shark Boy on Skype. We had Bill DeMott and Nick Dinsmore sending things in. Uh, I had a, uh, uh, a friend, Ben Scheinberg, who referees down in Texas and, and used to work for Impact Wrestling. Uh, got us Mark Henry and Justin Credible and Charlie Haas. And uh, Brian Jr. got DDP when he was at the, uh, the accountability crib and uh, got the AEW talents down in Jacksonville, Christian, Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho, and Pepper Parks, the Blade. And, um, you know, it just, it was so cool. It was, it was challenging in the sense that because I wasn't there for so many of the interviews and in many cases we're just kind of catching people in the middle of something. I didn't have the luxury of saying like, Hey, can you give me two hours of your time and I'll buy you the steak dinner or whatever the case is. A lot of times it's in and out, give me 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I had to have a, just a few set general questions that I thought were encapsulating enough where it would cover every base. And editing that together was was interesting because 
I started to notice some of the same beats being hit by a lot of the guys and, 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 and you know, a lot of the same kind of topics correlating. And I thought, okay, we, we've got a narrative here. We've got actually a story to tell. Um, and I'm very proud of how it turned out. I, I'm not going to say it's as slick or as polished as a WWE release, but I don't need it to be. I, it can be a little bit, um, a little bit raw, um, because these are these are raw emotions. There are f bombs, and there are emotions that are shared. And there's you know things get a little heavy at a point or two. But uh, you know it, it's everybody again a demonstration of even 20 years later what these events and what Brian meant to them, the fact that they are more than willing to, to donate their time and, and speak so earnestly and from the heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so there are some really good uh, uh, pieces in there. Definitely check it out. It's on, uh, you know, indie wrestling.us and the pro wrestling library.com on digital version. Of course, DVD over Joe hyphen Dabrowski. Speaking of the DVD, I have to appreciate uh, uh, what you did for the artwork here that I have to bring up. Um, because I saw it, I saw it and it was like, I was like, Oh wait, this looks familiar. Oh no, I know what this is. Um, actually I think one of these pieces is hanging on my wall over there in the entrance. Uh, so, but our buddy Franklin up in, uh, Erie does some great caricatures. I believe, I can't, I can't remember if I had a chance to sit down with him on the, I think we did do an interview with him. Um, but the, this DVD cover, um, how do you get around having a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin on your DVD cover? Illustrated, of course. This is great. I love this. So there's yeah. illust- illustrations of, like I say, there's DDP, well, I say Chris Jericho there, the Hardys and Lita. Uh, uh, um, um, for, I'm just stating for you guys on audio here. There's, there's Brian Pillman, of course, Mankind, Edge Christian, uh, uh, you know, Al Snow with Head, like all kinds of greats, Shark Boy. Um, the, 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 this is a really this is a cool uh, uh, DVD cover going on. I, I think it's something that really jumps out at you if you're, yeah. you know, passing yeah. by a, a merchandise table or, or anything like that. And really, the, the impetus of it was I wanted to stay true to the original Pillman Moral Show uh, graphics. If you notice, the shirt I'm wearing now is from Brian Pillman, 1999, and every year there was a different illustration of Brian Pillman uh, involved in the logo. And I wanted to hold true to that this year for the 20th anniversary. I wanted to have a, a, a drawing of, of Brian Sr. involved as the centerpiece. Um, but once you do that and you realize you have Steve Austin and Mick Foley and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho and all these guys involved, you can't not mention them and can't not spotlight them. So in my head, it became just sort of this collage, this like menagerie of, of animation and Franklin O'Neill was was the uh, the first guy I thought of as far as being able to do that. And most of these most of the guys on the um, front and back cover, as I knock myself over, most of these guys on the front and back cover um, already existed. The the, the yeah. pictures were already um, they were already uh, kind of on the market. And all I had to do was was um, I guess for lack of a better term, license them. And we actually are selling an eleven by seventeen poster slash art print of uh, of all that that as well and uh, a portion of that goes back to franklin so if you want to support nice. his work i would say uh, by all means jump on that um but yeah uh, franklin was great to work with and he was very accommodating and uh i thought he captured um what i wanted perfectly uh and again already with just 
what he had in existence for the most part. And it beat me telling my graphics guy that I need a copyright free picture of Steve Austin for <laughs> the height of his career. Cause that would have been a very awkward late night conversation. Oh yeah. Um, and while we're talking about kind of unsung heroes, I want to shout out Kevin Bennett too, um, from the, uh, the Buffalo area who's wrestled down into Erie and, um, had a couple uh, uh, dabs in the Pittsburgh area, um, but he's a rapper and an audio engineer and a, a DJ. And uh, some of his uh, original beats uh, he permitted to be used for some of the background music for our end credits and nice. some of our special features. Nice. So Eighth um, Avenue Beats and Kevin Bennett Music, I think, are the two YouTube addresses to check out. I think Kevin is an immensely talented individual. I remember him when he was just a young kid coming up and didn't really have that identity. So to, so to see him now, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of blossom, for lack of a better term, these past few years as a personality is great. I think, you know, um, his best work in wrestling and in music is still ahead of him. And I think he'll be making waves sooner than later. Absolutely. Um so, of course, a lot of great things going on with that. But also, you've been getting around a little bit. Uh, I, 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 I've been hearing the stories because I know our buddy Rob, who uh, does camera for a lot of our productions here at IndieWrestling.us, um, has been uh, uh, hitting the road with you and going to AAW in Chicago. How are we all ending up on Chicago these days? Like, how did this happen? But- Chicago <laughs> is, is one of the best wrestling cities in the world. Oh, absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. It's New York, it's Toronto, it's Chicago, it's, you know, maybe Greensboro. Uh-huh. Um, England got, got, has to be thrown in there. Um, the, the, the town of England? Yeah, the town of England. <laughs> the town England, of England. <laughs> England, United Kingdom. That's right. That's um, right. Uh, yeah, but, absolutely. I, I've seen it with Warrior Wrestling and my stint back in September with them. And, and, and of course, yeah. I've seen the stuff that he's bringing back and he's telling me, he's like, he's like, yeah. So, uh, always wanted to film Leo Rush and Laredo kid. And then I got them in the same match. Yeah. <laughs> like like great stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about AAW is it's always been kind of that it place in Chicago for the talent. that's right on the cusp. If yeah. you look through their past few years, you'll see, Karrion Cross, and you'll see MJF, and the Lucha Brothers, and the Young Bucks, and Sammy Guevara, and just all these guys, Darby Allen, all these guys that that have done incredible things since Shane Strickland, um, you know, on such a wide scale, and they've been around for 18 years, I think, at this point, ish, 17, 18, 19 years, and and, and they've kind of always been that stronghold there, and obviously with with the pandemic being what it was um every promotion that was lucky enough to be able to run couldn't really spread its wings and fly yeah you know if you have a 10 percent capacity limit 15 percent, whatever and aw still did some fantastic shows there in the latter half of 2020 with a capacity of at most 50 people um but now that things are kind of lifting a little bit aw starting to spread that wingspan out and you're getting more of these outside you know, uh, uh, guys that, that, that have that uh, panache to them, like Leo Rush versus Laredo Kid and ACH and, um, you know, uh, I think Chris Statlander is on our way back and Allison Kay and, of course, uh, Ace Austin and Hakeem Zayn and um, Jake Something. Uh, all of these great talents 
Madman Fulton, um, you know, Braden Lee is on his way up. All these talents that are doing great things. Um, Freddie Ahai, uh, who had the, the, the match against uh, Mance Warner on the um, most recent pay-per-view. And if, if you guys want to check that out, it's AAW Take No Prisoners on Fight TV, F-I-T-E. Um, the replay's up now. And it, it really is something for everybody. I love the energy. I love the locker room. I love the environment. Um, Tyler Valls is a great announcer to work with because he's passionate. He's energetic. He knows his history. He takes it seriously. Um, I think we bounce off of each other great. And um, it's, it's very quickly become a home away from home because of, uh, you know, just the level of talent um, makes me feel very comfortable because you're only as good as who and what you're working with. And they give me a lot of quality stuff to play with. Oh, absolutely. Another fun new uh, venture that, that both of us have been involved in a little bit is actually Conquest. Pro Wrestling Conquest. I see. I keep, I keep saying Conquest is the first word. Uh, but <laughs> Pro Wrestling Con- Conquest uh, down in Charleston, West Virginia. I know there's a show coming up uh, just a, a week from when this is going to broadcast uh, as well. But that's another one that's been kind of um, really taken off and having a great, great batch of talent happening down there too yeah and i mean everybody that's that's kind of being displayed on the screen uh from you know mance warner to the main event to facade to ace austin um it's 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 such a kind of melting pot of the best pittsburgh the best west virginia the best ohio the best kind of um, traveling indie stars all under one roof and you get a, a wild and a physical um, environment. I mean, we're in West Virginia, anything goes, mm-hmm. right? Um, it can get pretty nutty, but, yep. but it's all, you know, it, it's all under the auspices of a very hungry and dedicated management team that want to build this into something special and every event, I feel them getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little better. Now that, you know, through, through IndieWrestling.us and through ProWrestlingLibrary.com, people can actually live and relive these shows and see what we can feel. Uh, I think that growth is only going to continue. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to this big event on the 21st and that wild tag team main event, the, um, you know, the stampede match. What are they calling it? Uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head here, but yeah. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be violent, though. Was it a Charleston everybody Stampede, should, maybe? I don't know. Everybody That's... should show up to watch Jock Samson get beat up. But don't yeah. tell him this. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's a good time. Good time down there and some of the wildest stuff that I've, I've filmed in a good while here. Uh, but uh, although <laughs> I haven't filmed much in a good while <laughs> at a high extent, right? Uh, but no, a lot of fun down there. And then, and then again, when they started uh, booting back up in November... Like they they brought it and they've been they've been I think they said like six states six or eight states were represented there last time at that show right like yeah I mean they're getting fans that are traveling from from all over and that's without a particularly strong internet presence so oh, that yeah. shows that word of mouth is doing a lot and and that shows that people are really into this product and again I think if you're into violence if you're into athleticism if you're into traditional wrestling if you're into just any different facet, there, there's something for everybody on those events. And, um, you know, again, every event, they'll find kind of a, 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 a little uh, 
kink in the armor to tweak and mm-hmm. fix, and they come back better and smarter every time. I was amazed. I had no idea um, until I interviewed uh, Derek with the with the company um, here um, on the show a couple months ago. I had no idea that they had like pretty much zero wrestling knowledge going into their shows, and I think they just had their eighth show. So, yeah. <laughs> like that and that's something i wouldn't recommend no no absolutely not i wouldn't suggest uh, that's lightning in a bottle and is. i think that's that's testament to being a student of the game and and listening to the right people right and good instincts right um they're not doing this just for play fun time or to treat humans like action figures they right. actually have a, a business sense of plan a vision and a way to execute that vision and 98.6 of the promoters that get in without experience at least if not more um don't have that at all and they're you know they're one and done or they stick around long enough to become a, a, a black mark on the business but uh conquest is is lightning in a bottle you know if you try to recreate it in any other city with any other people yeah i don't know that it would work but it's working here and it's not just working it's, it's flourishing it's thriving it's getting bigger absolutely i, I think i walked into their fourth show and that and again like it was like you know there, there there's always there's always weird things with indie shows right but it was just like i i had no idea that these guys were were so fresh and that was their fourth show <laughs> you know flat right like i thought they were partnering with somebody else in the area something like that I, and i think there are some 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 partnerships and helping out with like some other promotions it seemed but still like even that like like the, the, that it's it's a really cool uh, uh that story that's happening with them there and how they're growing and that's such a big you know. compliment too oh yeah it's, it's, it's like it's like if you're a wrestler and people ask well how long are you been wrestling what six months what no i would have said 10 years i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of the same way with them where, where you don't realize how new they are and that makes you think like okay how good are they gonna get and, and that's what's exciting to me about this journey because uh you know, I, I just love being along for the ride and seeing how much can grow and where we can take this. Yeah, it's a little bit like we're we're kind of sticking around to be like I I want to see where the yeah I want to see what happens with these guys because I don't because yeah. it's 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 been like unpredictable in 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 the great ways down there. So in the um, best way possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. So and that's that's what you like to see. I mean, you know, you with your you know promotions that you've been hands on in the booking side of things to you know promotions that both of us have been where we're just kind of the hired production help at that point. You know, it is kind of like, you know, what, what, where can, you know, it's been interesting to see that path for a lot of them. Right. So, um, but that's been really cool. So, well, Joe, uh, of course, and, and let's say pro wrestling conquest, uh, uh, the Brian Pillman Memorial show, uh, at, uh, uh, Joe com, Pillman show.com pro wrestling library.com. I almost said somebody else's site, uh, and indie wrestling dot us. I'm sure it's some other places or a uh, crazy Joe's merch table near you. Yeah, I'll be on the road. If you live in Chicago or Charleston, you know where to find me now after this interview. Yes, yes. And hopefully we'll get merch tables uh, in the near future in Pennsylvania. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. It is missed. It has been missed. Even if you can't get a merch table, you know what? You find me in a parking lot, all some of my bag will make a little deal. You know, I've, been, I've been considering opening the DVD trunk uh, at shows so myself. So, you know. Um, you can do worse. Taking pre-orders. Taking pre-orders. Yeah. I'm going to pre-order a DVD from a guy in the parking lot That's <laughs> at an independent <laughs> wrestling show. That's good. What that could go good. wrong? What could go wrong? Maybe I got a nice graphic standee or something beside my, my, my Ford Escape. Uh, so... 
Well, Joe, it's always a great conversation with you. Great to catch up and uh, and and good to see. You. Like, there's a lot of buzz around this project. I think it's really cool that uh, you took a, a a great part of history, something that I've always heard about, uh, you know, over these 20 years, and now I can put eyes on it. Uh, and a lot of people are doing so now. So that that's really awesome. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the kind words. And now I go back to relentlessly nonstop running off discs. There you the, go. This burner has been running in the other room the entire time. <laughs> I, if I am awake and home, I am making DVDs. Literally, I'm carrying the burner. Yes. Uh, from room to room at this point. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just trying to keep up. So thank you, everybody. We are catching up, though. If, if you order now, you'll have your stuff um shipped out in in well under a week at this point so uh we're getting there but uh filmandshow.com joe underscore dombrowski on the twitter thanks for the support thanks for everything and thank you for this platform here on the indie mayhem show there you go and please go check out everything going on indie wrestling.us indie mayhem show subscribe to the podcast you can also subscribe to the wrestling mayhem show super feed you'll see whenever an indie mayhem show may come up i know we're getting a little wonky with our schedules lately but as wrestling builds back up here you're sure you're sure that we're going to uh spin back up too and i also say there's also rumblings about a return of the uh ronnie nicole sunday sessions if you did enjoy those um uh please uh, uh stay tuned that'll be we'll probably introduce that on this feed as well when those come back so those are in the planning stages as well uh thank you everybody until next time please support indie wrestling this show is a member of the sorgatron media podcast network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com